Hello! It is Feel Good Friday, November 6th. Your weekend's about to be awesome. Ours is about to be awesome as well. Awesome. Because anybody associated with this show, who talks on the show, or, you know, listens to this show, just has a different frame of mind than everybody else, you know? Yeah, they do. We're okay with seeing the world as like a, uh, you know, maybe a place to laugh at. Have some fun, maybe. Maybe let the good times roll. Doesn't sound so bad to me. Hey, don't be mad. Get glad. That's the mindset. Mm -hmm. And that's why today's Feel Good Friday is going to be one where you're going to go, hey, I like listening to that show today. Love it. Dumbest show of all time, but boy, it made me feel good. And you know what? My Feel Good Friday rolled right into a great Saturday, then into a Sunday. Now, Monday is going to be a kick in the sack, but here we are on the, the precipice mm-hmm. of the greatest weekend of all time, and we have a podcast that is just going to help you get to it. Nice little table setter. I'm not 100% sure what the definition of the word that I said just a bit ago was? Precipice. We're right there. We're, we're right on the edge. We're You're very goddamn close. You're right. We are on the precipice of the greatest weekend of all time. And maybe this podcast is just filling time in your ear holes or whatever until you get to there. And mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. That's what we're here for. Great conversation with Naeem Hines mm-hmm. of the Indianapolis Colts. We break down all this weekend's marquee NFL matchups, a little college football talk. You know, just some good conversation. Hashtag, I don't know why I listen. Keep sending it in. I think I think we're giving away $10,000 in that. Mm-hmm. Hashtag, no, I think that was it. Arby's is great. Arby's Hashtag is great. Arby's is great. Arby's is great. Do it. Listen, I had a Reuben. You'll hear us talk about it probably yeah. here in a little bit. Man, I had a Reuben this morning, or no, a smoked brisket, smoked brisket. this morning with bacon and cheddar on it. Oh. It was fucking outrageous that that's fast food. It looked outstanding. <laughs> Hashtag Arby's is great. Remember, we announced this yesterday. Mm-hmm. If you eat at Arby's in the next six days, yep, all the way up until November 12th, at midnight of November 12th, so actually November 13th, you get it. Yep. <clears throat> and you use the hashtag Arby's is great on either Twitter or Instagram. You will automatically be entered in to win a one-of-a-kind custom Meat sweatsuit. Oh, that thing's incredible. It is. Zeta was wearing it yesterday. He's never looked better. No, he hasn't. Or slimmer. We will all autograph it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll never do anything like that again, probably with a meat sweatsuit. Yeah, I would guess no. Perfect time for the holiday, too. Maybe you have a friend that listens to this show, maybe a significant other or something like that. Like, why not just have a delicious sandwich? Oh, that smoked brisket I had should not have been available at a fast food. No, it shouldn't have. I actually thought you went down to the local steakhouse. Didn't, though. No, you didn't. Just went to Arby's. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Arby's is great. Enter the contest. You could potentially win a one-of-a-kind item um, that'll make you look great, feel great, and Arby's is great. So, hashtag Arby's is great. Arby's is great. Let's get to the show. <laughs> Joining us now is a man who threw for over 300 yards last night, mm-hmm. four touchdowns, what? looked like he was throwing darts, triple 20, triple 20, triple 20, <laughs> only six incompletions off of 31 attempts in Santa Clara, California last night, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, the GOAT, 
Aaron Rodgers. Yeah! How's it going, man? It's just you today, huh? No, AJ. Yeah, no, AJ. Just just me and the boys here. Just me and the boys. Oh. And I want to let you know, AJ's traveling because he's got to call a game this week. He's got a big game this wow. week. Yeah, big game. Big game. That's awesome. Let me see the boys. Where are the boys Yeah, done? cut to the boys here. Hey, how's it going? Hey, boys. How's it going, guys? How we doing, Aaron? Hey, Aaron. Uh, the guy in the cowboy hat over there, Diggs, uh, got his car broken into this morning, stole everything out of it. Mm-hmm. You know any insurance agents I could call, Aaron? Hey, you got any Rogers rates you can get? <laughs> uh, you got to feel good. What a night last night. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to get that in. Hell yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Why didn't they let you do the cornhole one with Patty Mahomes, the, the one that Patrick did? I feel like you'd be a good cornhole player. I think they like my golf swing better than Pat's. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Put me on the golf one. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. That's a smart play. Hey, I might be playing golf with uh, a rather large name, by the way, soon. Scotty Pippen? Oh, large. <laughs> he did dunk on me, but I'll say bigger than Scotty Pippen. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Bigger than Scotty Pippen, huh? Yeah, in the golf world. Might wear red on Sundays. I might be golfing <gasps> with that guy. Think about that. There's a chance me and him are going to be on the same golf. Yeah, there's a chance, I guess. Yeah. Whoa. John Daly? No. <laughs> hey, well, I have golfed with John Daly, by the way. Great time on his own golf course. Uh, but maybe the guy, you know, the cat, the uh, the, yeah, the guy, the, uh, you know, maybe. I don't want to ruin it by saying it too early, but my golf game is going to have to get better very quickly from what I've learned. But let's talk about your football game last night. You were like throwing darts last night. It was, and I don't know if that's what you're always like, and maybe I was just on more vitamins last night and things were going like that fourth down ball to Devontae. Obviously incredible catch, but it felt like, is there nights, in, forgive me if this is stupid for asking, is there some nights where you feel like you can put a football literally wherever you want to put it at any given time. Is there some nights where it's like that, or is that just every day for Aaron Rodgers? No, I mean, it's not every day. I mean, you'd love it to be every day. I think the conditions were great last night. Um, You know, last week we dealt with a a lot of wind, which is, you know, whether it's wind or rain or snow, there's, there's some outside factors sometimes that can slightly affect the accuracy. Last night was like a perfect night for football um in in uh, november i mean it was like probably 65 degrees and Ooh. little to no wind oh. uh it was it was a nice night uh it would have been again it would have been fun to have fans there last year we played two games out there night games got smoked both games uh, great environment uh, to play in it was just different uh, last night without the fans and, and the normal energy obviously their team looks a lot different without a number of guys from last year's uh squad that went to the super bowl but Still felt good. <laughs> Big game, man. I mean, here's a quick question before we move on to the mindset going into the game last night. Mercedes Lewis was so wide open because of whatever you guys did there. How do you decide what type of ball you're going to throw to? Like, are you just like, you know what, I'm going to make this thing a lollipop? Do you ever like, because for he was so wide open. And I would assume for some players, commentators are like, you know, sometimes those wide open ones are the hardest throws because you're like, well, I don't want to mess this up. For you, uh, if you were to miss that ball last night, I think maybe the world would shut down and say Aaron Rodgers <laughs> Was dead, but whenever, you, is that just like let, what's the easiest ball in the world? Because I mean that he was wide open. It, it, when you get that moment, is it like this is pretty awesome? Let alone MVS last night, mm-hmm. that one right down the middle, you could have punted that thing to him. He was wide open a couple of times. 
Well, you could have that beautiful spiral coming off your foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I'm talking about. By the way, thighs still growing. Yeah, there you go. it's warm over here, dude. It's warm. Are those over biker here. shorts, those tights, biking tights. No, every <laughs> pair of shorts are like that, Aaron. When you got these, bow. hell yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I've been wearing skinny jeans since I was 12, and they were supposed to be baggy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I see you're beefing up for the for some more wrestling too, huh? Hey, well, I'll tell you what. There's some some business that needs to be handled, Aaron. Okay, that'll happen for sure. Uh, I need to lose weight, actually, the other way. If I want to get back in there, I'm getting fat, Aaron. I'm getting. I don't fat. understand why you're adding more people to the group, though. Like, isn't it? It used to be like tag teams were hot, and then you know maybe to have a trio, and you know the NWO, you know, kind of had their their trio of guys. Now you're going. I mean, just just keep adding to the mix. You creating some sort of just you real know, quick. Okay, the NWO. The NWO had like 45 people on it at one time. Okay, the, the original three were obviously the best. But they, for me, I'm a big team guy, Aaron. I'm, I'm a big team guy. The more the merrier. The more that we can win with, I'm all about because I like seeing people happy. You know what I mean? Just like you, Aaron. Just like you. <laughs> what was the question? Something about the uh... wide open guys. Yeah. The best. The best way to throw those is to. Is to not stare them down. I think if you stare them down, you, you usually short arm it, or or it's easier to miss it. You know, when you're just reacting to a throw like that, uh, it's impossible to miss. I really feel that way. And and so because of the action, it was you know an inside zone fake and then a reverse fake. By the time I got my eyes around, he's wide open. You know, you just you're not going to miss those. Uh, the one to MBS, I actually didn't see him when I threw the ball. I saw the you know the the safety take the tight end on the low cross and then I peeked backside to make sure there was nothing going on back there with Devante and I just assumed that MBS would be kind of uh, or, you know really between the hashes or, or maybe a little closer to the far hash so I just tried to put some air on it knowing that uh, uh, you know I didn't I didn't want to out throw him not that I really could out throw him because he's so fast but uh, I want to make sure that I you know, give him some time to run underneath it. I think you could out throw him. I saw what you did with that ball that you were playing fetch with that dog with. You threw it into a cannon <laughs> or a canyon or something like mm-hmm. that, down a hauler or forever. But that's very interesting that by the way the defense was, and you dissected what the defense was, if that safety comes down on the tight end, all I have to make sure is that this person isn't there and that part of the field is open. So MVS should be seeing the same exact thing as me. That was the entire thought going into it, and you just have to throw it to an area and assume that he's going to do the right thing. Yeah, you know, the cool thing about the play, Pat, is, I, and, and guys, I, I said last night in my uh, post-game interview, uh, the two-minute warning happened. We came over to the sideline. We were talking through a number of plays that we liked in this situation. And, and as we ease into kind of the two-minute mode where, uh, you know, we're on the ball and we're calling it and we're trying to go, you know, uh, semi-fast, not in a rush because we had, you know, two two minutes and it wasn't lower than that. Um, so it wouldn't be in a huge hurry. But we talked about a few plays we wanted to open with. And that play came up, and, and I was kind of like, I don't know, you know. Uh, uh, Marquez, what do you think? He's like, oh, yeah. And just that confidence. I literally, I, I jogged back on the field. I'm thinking, I'm probably going to throw a touchdown to Marquez on this one. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cool. I just I, I liked his confidence and the fact that he was uh, he was one. That, you know, he dropped the ball earlier in the game, and, and uh, mm-hmm. he hasn't had a ton of targets the last few weeks, and I don't know what his mental status has been. It seems to be that he's been locked in and and, and still confident and, and you know being a good teammate. But it for anybody, I think it, it takes a night like last night for him to get a couple touchdowns after a drop. Um, I think that's going to help him uh, moving forward to just maybe relax a little bit and take some breaths and and 
and, and have his confidence where it needs to be. He's a weapon, man. I think we saw that last night, and we've seen him whenever he goes off, and hopefully that'll be the case for you guys because it's fun to watch. But the other guy you have on the other side now, which is good for MVS, by the way, because it's only going to call for more and more coverage and more attention, Devontae Adams. Now, he was obviously baited into a converse, or into an answer last night about, like, it, the same thing that happened to Joe Flacco years ago. Like, uh, Joe, you have won a Super Bowl, and you just got paid $100 million do you think you're an elite quarterback and, and what is joe flacco supposed to say they're like no you know what i i think i'm the most trash quarterback ever like what is joe flacco supposed to say there so that obviously becomes an entire conversation piece by everybody and the question Devonte last night was like are you the best wide receiver in football and Devonte's is like what is Devonte supposed to say to that his answer was like i think it'd be fair i mean if you look at what i would do to be in that conversation there's it looks like you two can do whatever you want whenever you want and that has been since like that Tampa game or what it feels like you two can do whatever you want together. What is it like knowing that you got that guy out there with you? Yeah, he's a special player. If you look at what he's done this year, playing in basically five and a half games, you know, he's suited up for six games. Three of those games, he's had over 10 catches and over 150 yards, which had never been done in Packers history. And, I think I've been done maybe one other time through a player's first eight games. And he's done it in really five and a half games because he missed most of the, he missed at least half the Detroit game and then, you know, missed the two um, succeeding games. So he's just, he's a special guy. You know, he just does everything really well, really well. The beauty in a player like that is uh, that he is a better person than a, than a player, which is saying a lot and never been an issue um, and you're talking about a highly competitive, highly talented guy with a strong ego and a, a desire to, to be great, um, who's never been an issue in the locker room, bitching about balls, uh, you know, targets, never. I mean, this is a dream to play with. You're talking about, you know, an elite talent who can also be a leader and one of your best guys on the team as far as uh, people. That's that's kind of unheard of in this league, and and I'm just thankful to have him. And we've been joking with him, led kind of by Bakhtiari, about uh, there was a list that came out, I think, during training camp or maybe the end of the summer, and it said it didn't have him on the top 10, and, and we were teasing him he's a top 12 receiver. <laughs> <laughs> I was because I was about to say while you were talking there. Anytime you hear like who's the best wide receiver in the game conversation, his name never comes up. It's uh, Julio. Everybody's like, well, Julio's the guy. You know, Julio's able to do things. DeAndre Hopkins, unbelievable. Odell, whenever he's healthy, he's really good. And you got Michael Thomas last year, and that's always how the conversation goes. And all those are very valid points or whatever. That's why the, after watching Devonte. It, it's not like Devontae's new to this either. Like, Devontae's been good for a while now, he, he, but he's never in that conversation. I wonder if that's because it's Green Bay and you guys are just out there in your own little island. You have no owner, no representation in the meetings about, like, who should be on TV and who shouldn't be. Maybe that's the reason why. Maybe it should be our job on this particular show. So everybody know Devontae Adams deserves to be in the damn conversation about greatest wide receiver in the game right now. Well, I think he's, he's doing it with his play. Um, and he's done it in a variety of different ways. I think what he does, that his skill set is so unique because he has the talent to get on top on the outside. He saw it last night. Uh, he's an incredible route runner. Uh, he's good at inbreakers and outbreakers. He's good after the catch. Uh, you just don't have that combination. I mean, there's a ton of guys who are fast and get on top, 
make plays down the field, but maybe aren't the best route runners um, or don't have the best releases. You got Keenan uh, in L.A., who, I, you know, cow guy, I think he's a phenomenal receiver. You know, he's incredible at the line of scrimmage. Uh, doesn't maybe have the top end speed that Devontae has. Um, a lot of his routes are, um, you know, just based off his incredible route running set and skills. Um, but Tay, you know, like last night, we had him, you know, hit him on a big go ball uh, outside to start the game, hit him on a double move, um, you know, outside, hit him on uh, an inside fade from from the number two spot in three by one, uh, and then hit him on a bunch of un- underneath stuff. You know, the play where he was getting draped all over on fourth and inches, and I, I couldn't believe he caught it. I mean, it was just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I felt good about the spot, but it's just like an amazing catch uh, as his glove is getting ripped off. <laughs> he's just such a, he's such a talented guy, and uh, he's got such a great confidence. It's it's one of those things, Pat, where and I know you felt this way playing locker room with some great players, but you, you know, kind of sitting there in the locker room before the game and, and kind of looking around and engaging the, feel of the team like you know who looks locked in who looks relaxed who might be nervous today who i need to like focus on to make sure they're you know dialed in and feel good about things um every time i look at tay i just think man i'm so glad he's on our team (laughs) (laughs) yeah because you said i think a week or two ago that you sent a text to him or whatever and was like hey let's have a big one today or whatever and it was it, i assume that was happening when you were doing that look around the locker room because there's some people towel overhead music in there they're like kind of rocking back and forth in their locker it's like all right is that guy gonna kill somebody today or is that guy gonna shit his pants today i don't know either one of those and then you you look over and there's like the super happy crew over there it's like all right those guys don't even know we have a damn game today right, that's good news and then it is kind of like because everybody handles it differently you know like everybody handles that pressure those moments the waiting game differently that's nice to hear that Devonte's ready to go the um you know the the defense yesterday hell of a i mean hell of a game yesterday because of what happened in the nfc championship game and last year the run game that the niners had against your defense the, the green bay packers defense was so dominant it was just it was and then coming off of that vikings game was there any feel from the defense during the short week of practice there after that Vikings game, that they were either excited to get back on the field after what happened with Dalvin Cook, or they were excited to potentially play against the Niners team that did what they did to them last year, or was it just a different vibe a, a, as a whole for the defense? Or what do you what did you really feel from them this week? Because they were dominant last night. They had a hell of a game. Well, I think the beauty in the short week sometimes is, is that you can move on quickly, and I think that's what – was important for those guys to just get past it. I think the, the plan was pretty simple, it seemed like, on defense. Uh, they were going to run some uh, a couple run-stopping fronts. And because of, you know, the injuries that San Fran's had and then the COVID tests uh, that were positive, you know, they were playing some, some skilled players who, uh, you know, we hadn't uh, probably seen a lot of tape on at that point. Juszczyk was playing in the slot a little bit. Um, the Texas Tech Red Raider, who played for my buddy Graham Harrell, River Craycraft was out there starting. You know, so I think their main key was we're going to load the box and stop the run. We can do that and make them one-dimensional, let our pass rushers get off, and and hope that uh, you know they'll throw some uh, some balls. And and the guys, you know, we had a good play early with Preston Smith hitting Mullins and uh, and Raven picking that ball off, which kind of got us going. And, and another turnover layer in the game a strip sack from uh, Zadarius so it was a good confidence game for them you know there's a couple uh, 
a couple drives late in the game against uh, you know against uh, when we had some of our guys out of there that you know I'm sure will coaches kind of I feel like in those situations don't mind it because there's stuff to you know really coach you know the next week it's like wow you know we had a great three quarters three and a half quarters but we got to be better late in the game or whatever you know it's kind of that coach <laughs> speak, so. you're 100 uh, it was a good game though it was a good full game by you guys mason crosby hit from 53 i mean jk scott hit some moon balls it was a fun game to watch last night for you guys you guys are ve- you're very good on thursday night too i didn't know if you you probably do know that but you're very good on thursday night do you think it's because that short turnaround and just kind of like let's get it moving who our team you in general, but yeah, the team as well. Pat, I've been good on Thursday night. Thursday nights, Sunday, Sunday. Night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, have you ever played in England? Have you ever played in England? No, I haven't. We're the only team in the league that's never played in England. Oh man, because I was about to add to your promo there. I was about to say you should start saying in America, Canada, Mexico, England. <laughs> like I, I thought you were gonna. I was gonna hopefully add to that, but I didn't. I know mean, that. I went to Winnipeg. Did you, you remember my, oh, my yeah, outfit? Yeah. The Winnipeg oh, last yeah. year. The denim, denim, denim. It was fantastic, and yeah, I believe yeah. your I believe your mustache was awesome. Which I have to ask, uh, you shaved obviously, and there was a lot of conversation last night about your uh, what was going on in your face. It's November, right? We're back in this thing, or what? I'm I'm actually letting the my hair grow out up here and then kind of keep my facial hair uh a little shorter this year just you know seems to be working so far are you going scott step are we going yeah did you see the creeds thing about getting back together probably because of you by the way (laughs) was there i mean was there a better announcement in the country (laughs) (laughs) i often wonder if it's because of the conversation that we had where hey look like a friend of mine sent me a message Yesterday, he said, you got to strike when the iron's hot. Yeah, man. The Creed iron is hot. A lot, right of combo, a lot of combo going on. Alter Bridge is kind of, you know, not doing a whole lot. <laughs> Add Scott back to the mix, and you got Creed. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aaron, first and foremost, phenomenal game last night, per usual. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. But do you, ever, do you ever get frustrated in a game like that when you go into the locker room with three touchdowns and it's like, oh, I could throw for eight touchdowns tonight, but I'm probably not going to get the opportunity to? <laughs> well, I can say the only time that I even thought in that way, Ty, was in 2014 we played Chicago at home. God. And <laughs> I threw six touchdowns in the first half. Oh. <laughs> And we were up 42 nothing and a half. So I was like, well, I'm definitely coming out, right? <laughs> and Mike says, okay, you got one more drive. I'm like, man, one more drive. So we got down like the eight-yard line and threw it three straight times. And I threw three incompletions. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get greedy there. <laughs> to try and tie the seven-touchdown record or whatever. And then I came out. Yeah, that's one of the games. You're like, man, if it was 42-21, I might get two or three drives. But... Look, it is what it is. You know, there's some games that that you know that everything kind of lines up, and um, you know you put up some big numbers and win. And some games where you play excellent, and, and maybe you throw zero or one touchdown. Uh, it's just how it all lines up. I, I've been fortunate uh, as far as touchdown passes to have you know a few one yarders this year, and, and ones that have been really schemed up well. Had a great one against the Saints to put them away. Great one to Big Dog, Mercedes Lewis, you know, with some really good action on the one-yard line last night. Um, those are those are some fun ones for sure. Um, 
they zoom in on your face. I think I told you this last time we spoke. Like they zoom in on your face more than any other quarterback. And I think that's why the facial hair conversation was one that was popping off last night on the internet. Watching you dissect a defense before a play is pretty cool, though. Like, they, uh, whenever you come out of the huddle or whatever, right, and the, the thing, and they're zoomed in on your face, and you see, you literally look like the Galifianakis gif where there's just, like, question marks and exclamation points going around. And you're, like, looking around, right? You're doing, like, this entire thing. You're digesting it all. Then you're moving somebody. And it feels like you are – well, you're the best at getting whenever they have 12 on the field. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. It is an incredible gift and a weapon that you guys have. And you would assume other people are able to do it. Since other people don't do it, I would assume it's not as easy to do as you make it look. So that's awesome. But you have this ability to get a play call off at the very last second or a playoff at the very last second after taking in more information, it feels like, than anybody else. What are you looking at exactly whenever you do that? And do you know exactly how long it takes you to go, because last night you had a half a second, I think, on that play clock, and you got a playoff. And I was watching at home. I'm like, oh, he's going to get a goddamn delay. And then I, I don't know how you got that off in time. So what all is going on in your head before a play in that last second snap? Is that by design, or is it just like you still have something else you have to figure out? No, I think it's by necessity most of the time, Pat. I mean, I know I give back judges, uh, you know, some – some angst with uh, you know snapping some of those as the one is going to the zero, but uh, there's a lot of, of moving parts in our offense. You know, I mean, from a um, you know direct standpoint, we motion you know on almost every single play. You know, so we have a lot of a lot of stuff going on, but because of the, the length of our play calls and the and the uh, the motion whether it's same side or fly motion or opposite side cross the ball there's just so much information to take in and we have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, times in the last scrimmage where we have two or three plays called so i'm trying to get us in the play that seems to fit the defense the most and so you have to kind of figure out from the front to the linebackers to the secondary and the nickel you know what coverage you're expecting and then that goes back to film study and and, and intuition as well um, in certain situations, and then you know if it's a pass, you got to make sure the protection scheme lines up with the uh, the time you need to complete the ball. And if it's a run, you got to make sure that the angles are right and and everybody's kind of on the same page. So there's a lot going on. That's just uh, this offense, probably more than any, you know anyone I've been in. I've only been in three, but uh, has so much stuff going on when you break the huddle that you know that's why we have some snaps that are going between one and zero i definitely know how much time i need to get the ball off um and when bakhtiari's out there especially one of his favorite things to do and i don't know if he's just bored out there but he always watches the play clock so he's always telling me hey you got 20 i'm like shut up i'm trying to talk (laughs) (laughs) hey hey 10 by the way hey uh hey you're like fucking three pal (laughs) that's a hilarious thought of that going on Hurry up. What are you doing? Uh, you always go right up, by the way, left hand over top for your timeout. It's pretty, uh, it's like your thing. I don't know if that's like, you know what I mean? It's pretty good. Is there another way to do it? Well, you could go the other way, you see, because re- maybe that's faster. But you always, or maybe above your head, a little bit extra, or maybe down you under. You know what I mean? But you always go, it's always like a quick, it's always like a quick turn at the end. It is very a little self scout. I don't know. Maybe you want to change it up a little bit. Right? So it's kind of becoming your move. Yeah, Aaron, did you bring like a, a personal flask of scotch for the flight home, or did you bring like a few bottles to give to the team after the win? Yeah, big win. Smart. 
Well, we're not allowed to drink on the planes. Oh, so. yeah. oh. that's a shame. That's There's, a shame. Uh, none of the none of the flasks happening for us. What time did you get home? Late, late, huh? I got in my bed last night at four fifty. Thanks for joining us today, dude. Do you guys have the whole weekend off? I'd assume. Well, we have COVID testing. We got to get a workout in either today. I'm going to go in here in a, probably an hour or so. Get a workout in. Um, what are we doing? Just them up. What are I'm we tired. doing? Just what are we doing? Bench? We doing curls? What do we got today? Big upper body day? I think it's like a spring break 2021. <laughs> Calves, curls, and cardio. <laughs> that's that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. Yeah, your hoodie's awesome. Thank you. This is uh, this is uh, a buddy of mine who's a, JP. a big uh, Instagram guy, JP Sears, who's a comedian. Um, I would. If this was serious, I would never wear this. It's enlightened AF. You know, AF, as the kids say these days, you know what that means. <laughs> Stay and weird. This person looks to be meditating. But uh, J.P. Sears is a hilarious comedian that I've followed and gotten to know a little bit and uh, buy some of his swag online to help him out. Hey, you got to support the biz, bro. And we appreciate you supporting the show coming on today. This was very cool of you, man. Yeah, man. I, it's going to be fun. Though, but this, we're still doing Tuesday, right? Are you, or are we, is this, we're going Fridays now. No, Friday. Normally, Fast Friday, you'll have stuff going on, right? Because this Tuesday, you had obvi- you had your uh, weekend or your your mandatory press on Tuesday. Then He's I would voting, yeah. and then you voted obviously because yeah. everybody voted. Everybody, everybody I heard in Wisconsin was registered to vote. So that's good news. That's Duck Hodges, by the way, telling Pittsburgh wow, wow, to vote wow, right wow. there. That's what he sounded like in the video that the Steelers put out. It was a tough, <laughs> tough time to be Duck. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, but oh, here's a quick question about another quarterback. Tua made his debut down there in Miami. I don't know how much you got to see of it because it was on the same day where your game ended with you getting a helmet to the spine and a man trying to rip your arm off of your uh, socket there. But how bad did that hurt, by the way? Yeah, that was about the only hit I took that game. But, uh, it was a little painful. These, I don't know if you know this, but on the TV copy, they. Uh, they had like a full film. Yeah, there it is. They had a full film breakdown of uh, of you getting slaughtered from all angles, and it was paused on you, shaped like a uh, like a paperclip there for a little bit with <laughs> the guy's helmet in your spine like this. And the only thing I can think of is like I wouldn't be able to walk three days later. Here we are, Thursday night football. You throw four touchdowns. Good recovery, bub. Good for you. That's good. That's hey, good. Thanks, but <laughs> yeah, you know, still got a few. Uh, tricks up my sleeve you outran a guy last night too mm-hmm. i know i know I, I, can you believe it almost 37 and still fast <laughs> sneaky athletic oh, hey, what was up with you and warner you had his face mask at one point i thought we were potentially going to have a javon Wims situation <laughs> <laughs> i like fred man I, I got to know him when he was getting ready for the draft and he's a great kid i mean he's just a super player he's he's uh and I said it last night. I mean, he might be the best middle linebacker in the game, and that's no disrespect to Bobby or anybody uh, who's playing well and has been. And Bobby's been playing well for forever. But Fred is a fantastic player. I mean, he's just – he makes that defense go uh, all over. But he had 13 tackles last night. He's just – he's a really good player. And, I, and I've been a fan of his since I met him. I think he's a good person. and um, So just messing with him. I had a good conversation with him after the game. But I think he's a phenomenal player. Did you guys have your mask on when you were talking? 
We did, Pat. <laughs> we did. Yeah. That's all of us. They'll find you. Hey, they'll find you. They will find your ass. That was a rhetorical question, Woodcock, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. was. Hey, the fines are coming out for real. The the Raiders have like $1.5 million worth of fines. Draft pick, too. I lost a six round draft pick because they didn't have mask protocols and the mask force walking around the building got them a couple times. I mean, it is. They're, hey, they are watching your ass. I mean, it is Big Brother when you walk into that building. I'd assume you know that. It is, yeah. It is. I, I don't know if I'm a fan of all the the cameras, but uh, look, I understand there's some accountability that goes along with it, but I'm not sure that I'm hoping when everything returns to normal at some point in the next five years, um, <laughs> we, we can take down some of those cameras. And- <laughs> That'd be real. Not have the league reviewing our outfits every single morning. <laughs> hey, Mason Crosby's outfit was unbelievable. MVS, his outfit was unbelievable last night. A lot of love for the show last night. We appreciate the hell out of that locker room over there. Bro, just, you know what I mean? I'm going to make sure we get some more swag out this way. But, yeah, everybody's rocking it. They love it. Big fans of the show. Everybody's watching it every single week. Oh, man. We appreciate it. Tell, tell them we, we take a lot of pride in being a show that talks a lot about the Green Bay Packers, especially because you guys are so goddamn good right now. I mean, that is really good news. That's, I feel like there's a lot of jealousy for some other shows, though, for your show. Yeah, I think Which so. has got to feel good for you. Oh, it's great. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a, great yeah, just go ahead. There's a lot of people that I, I get some tweets from some people who are either fans of other shows or have shows, and you know that. I feel a lot of pressure to, to make sure I get good answers out of you and good conversation out of you. And then I immediately think like, oh, yeah, I'm just talking to a fucking guy. Uh, I don't really care. So, it's, you know, it's, it does feel pretty good. It, do, it does feel pretty, pretty good, Mr. A-Rod. I appreciate you for it. Well, I enjoy it, Pat. It's, it's the highlight of my week for sure when it comes to media. Um, although our media, you know, since they got sensitive on this show, they've been doing a better job. Wow. <laughs> better questions. How was that Zoom call immediately afterwards? Because that was a highly anticipated local Zoom media uh, session there. A lot of people were talking about it. How was it? Pretty good? <laughs> there were a couple, you know, a couple s- subtle, like, sensitive remarks, yeah, you know, yeah. barbs, if you will, jabs. But, uh, you know, I always find that funny, like, the media can criticize you as much as they want, but the one time you say, eh, that wasn't a great question, or uh, check your sources, or you're wrong about this, oh, my goodness. <laughs> We're the ones that do the judging, pal, <laughs> not you. <laughs> uh, have a great day, man. Have a great lift. Good pump. We appreciate you for joining us. I'll send you a pic. I'm going to be rocking my cutoff tank top, and it's a... Oh, uh, it's a midriff, too, so maybe Ooh. it's a belly button there. Do you have abs but, right now? Yeah. you have abs right now at 30-something? You have abs? A couple, yeah. That's good. Wow. wow. That's why you're out running, dudes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, legend Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Thank you, dude. See you, boys. See you, man. Love you, Aaron. Have a good one. I mean, that was a nice little surprise on there, right there. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Feel it was good a nice surprise. It is feel good Friday, isn't it? That's yeah. feel good. I feel like we got like all the real answers that you would want too, potentially. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a good day. Good. On Love Thursday hearing night. him gush about Devontae Adams yeah. too. Uh, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. How about him talk about the defense too? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And MVS. Here we go. We're mm-hmm. back in the game. Good on Sunday. And Fred Warner is, he is 
Very, very good. And Aaron called him the best linebacker in the league, potentially. Best middle linebacker. linebacker. He said that in the interview last night. And uh, while I was listening to that, I remembered the internet talking about him grabbing mm-hmm. him by the face mask or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because if you do recall, CJGJ did, mm-hmm. <laughs> did yeah. that just a couple of days ago. And Javon Wims came over and did the whole thing because he did that. In that moment, I think Fred had gotten into it with somebody almost. And Aaron probably ran over and was like, hey, hey, hey. another guy tackled a guy that tackled a guy. Because that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. By the way. Fred Warner got tackled by his own guy. Mm-hmm. And he ended up tackling Aaron Jones a little bit late. Yep. And Aaron Jones, which, by the way, I like a lot, oh, yeah. gets up and goes like, hey, don't you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I believe Fred was probably like, I got, <laughs> all right. And then it was like a little thing. And I, I liked Aaron going in there and doing that. But it feels like that is his interaction with other players at all times. Mm-hmm. He outruns a guy. There's always something from the player who probably grew up being a fan of Aaron going, damn, man. like one of those, and Aaron like laughing. It's not like that with a lot of people. Normally there's a little animosity or something like that. Aaron feels like, it, other than Sue, obviously, mm-hmm. throughout the years, it feels like everybody has the same feeling. It's like, ah, uh, this dude's the guy. This is the guy right here. Yeah, I mean, especially last night when he's playing really well like that, you know, it just... It's infectious. I said yesterday, it felt like there was a chance that that game was going to be a big Aaron Rodgers smiling, having a good time game. Yeah. Turns out, couldn't see him smiling because he had to have a mask on the sideline, but most of the game, whenever he was on there, he was having the time of his life. And I think the rules are either mask or helmet. Yeah. Because there's a lot more guys on the sideline who had their helmets on, like just on the side, which is not a normal thing. Guys, normally helmets come off as soon as they can because, you know, not that they're uncomfortable, but boy, life is a lot better without your helmet on. Mm-hmm. And that's why um, last night you saw a lot of people with helmets on. I'm like, oh, the rule must be if you don't have your helmet on, you have to have a mask on. And a lot of guys were like, I'd rather have this fucking thing on than have this, my ears getting ripped down and not be able to breathe. They had some nice masks. There were some oh, nice yeah. Packers mm-hmm. masks in there, like yeah. athletic fit almost. And we'll see if it works, too, because uh, one of the Packers linebackers who played in the first half last night did test positive for COVID. So well, Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Hope he survives. Yeah, obviously. Hope he survives. Mm-hmm. Joining us now is a man who had maybe the most sensational athletic celebration I've ever seen in my entire life in the NFL. He did a round-off McTwisty half-grind uh, thing. Ladies and gentlemen, running back for the Indianapolis Colts, Naeem Hines. Yeah! What up, man? Hey, great to have you. Um, obviously, I've gotten a chance to watch you work here the last couple of years. You're a very talented uh, running back. You don't get talked about a lot outside of Indianapolis, which is a shame, and I assume you don't mind because you just play good football. But what you did this past weekend after scoring your first and then doing it again after scoring your second touchdown has really captivated people because the amount of athleticism that it takes to do a round-off back thingy where you're spinning <laughs> and you almost stop. The, the first one, you almost stuck the landing completely in full pads. I assume you were a bit winded with a helmet on. Was one of the most incredible parkour gymnastic feats I've ever seen in my entire life, Naeem. <laughs> well, I used to parkour when I was a little bit younger. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not the biggest guy. We all know that. But, you know, I'm an athlete, too. So I guess I just want to show off the athleticism. Not all of us are like, you know, DeForest Bunkner, who look, uh, who look crazy and uh, crazy athletic. So I had to show it off a little bit. So. Oh yeah, yeah. That was about three years ago. So been doing it for a while. We're showing some. Vi- we're showing some videos on YouTube of him doing some extreme walking in the woods. It seems like there he just uh, planted off the side of, I believe, a bathroom and did yep. the same backflip twist thing. So you weren't really. Were you a gymnast, or was it just like you knew that you were able to flip and you got into the parkour? Because it looks like that was an actual. Of, like we went out and did that to have a good time. And why did I not choose to do the same thing? Maybe it would have upped my athleticism a little bit, Naeem. 
Uh, yeah, that's, I was never a gymnast. Uh, learn how to do some of those flips on the trampoline. And then, uh, you know, when you're 12, 13 years old, you're just like, all right, I'm just going to do it. So uh, just went out there, did it. And uh, in between classes, I used to flip. And some kids played video games, which I did too. But I had friends, like uh, the friends I was actually flipping with in those videos. And uh, we used to go around the neighborhood, flip all the trees. And uh, that's what we really did. It was just fun. And it's something a lot of people couldn't do. So I took a lot of pride in it. And I wanted to, you know, get the reps in and make sure, you know, whenever that time comes, I'll make sure I'll stick the landing. Have you ever done it in pads before? Because a lot of people on the internet uh, that were in the gymnast world were like, uh, the pads, uh, like, let alone being tired, probably very winded. But the pads, not being able to see where you're going is the mes- most impressive part. Have you practiced it before in practice with pads before or in a game before? Or was that the first time? I think I've done it. I've done it one other time with pads, I remember. Uh, 2018, the rookie premiere, uh, Josh Allen and I, this is how I actually met Josh Allen. We were actually dancing to a Taylor Swift song, so I didn't have a helmet on, but I had the shoulder pads on and full gear and cleats, and I did have the rookie premiere. And they used it in the commercials, so uh, it's kind of funny. Nobody talked about it then, but I guess I, I just had to score a touchdown and, you know, have a helmet on and do it, but I've done it with pads on today. Uh, you're, in your, you're, you're in your third year out of NC State, and like I said at the beginning of this, in Indianapolis, we've gotten a chance to see you. Like, we've gotten a chance to see your town out of the backfield, in the backfield, everything like that. This year, you have a guy who's 75 years old playing quarterback who's also <laughs> out of NC State. What has Phillip Rivers added to the Indianapolis Colts organization or to the building or the locker room or to your life that has really made you guys uh really take the next step if you have to uh first of all veteran leadership uh it's been it's been really cool you know with all the quarterbacks we have but you know having a quarterback who's been around 17 years who's seen everything is uh been really remarkable and you know seeing things before happen just the visualization he has before a play has been remarkable and then uh you know his uh trash talking has been uh has been hilarious you know the dad gummits and all those it's been it's been really fun and if you've ever seen him mic'd up which most of us probably had it's uh seeing it in person and hearing about it being from nc state is way different uh you know seeing it in person is even funnier and uh, even more fun the um there's been a couple mic'd up moments and even when you watch the game you hear him talking to Jonathan Taylor, and he'll be like, two wait, run that guy over. Like he like because Jonathan was either like trying to move or something like that. And I feel like Phil uh sees him as a rookie, younger guy, and he's like, Hey, just run that guy over right there. Does he does he do that with everybody? Is it like uh he's like I don't want to say like teaching, but coaching or like giving information because the guy's been around football for so damn long and it's such a high level. And has he ever done anything like that to you? And what was something you kind of stuck with? Uh, yeah, it's you said it right. It's coaching. Uh, shoot, it's a uh, and this, you know, how it is in the NFL. It's all about respect when you pay your dues and you pay those years you've had, especially you know, most people don't get to 17 years. You can coach people up. So, uh, even with me, like sometimes right before the snap of the ball, he'll see a certain look, he'll be like, do this, do that. He'll be like, so and so's coming, just you know, just from him seeing it. And it's helped me a lot. Just uh, there have been times where maybe I didn't see the safety coming or he may not have been in my progression. He's like 36, I mean, 36. He'll say, set hut right on cue, 36 is coming. So, uh, it's been really good just having that better leadership, especially in the backfield. We can actually hear them. So, uh, you know, receivers don't get that luxury, but definitely being in the backfield where we can, you know, see them and hear them. And it's been it's been remarkable for me, truthfully. Oh, especially with no fans, too. Right? Oh, yeah. And, he, you know, he's a he's a talker. He'll, he talks. He'll be like, don't come in here. All right, guys, we're good. And, you know, you can hear all that, which has been great. So, you know, you don't have to worry about a kill or no checks or any of that.
Uh, running backs, the transition from college to the NFL, pass blocking is obviously a big thing. And you just uh, illustrated how Phil is basically telling you who to pick up, who the offensive line is not going to have that will be coming free or whatever. Has that been something that has been tough to kind of adjust to just because you're going against grown men who practice pass rush moves and you're not technically an offensive lineman or been working on any of your hands or anything your entire life? Has that been something that's tough or is it kind of natural or more willpower? It's a. I think with pass blocking, it's it first comes with you know just the want to and willingness. If you have the want to and willingness, you'll be able to you know at least strike the guy. And then you know having a coach like Coach Rathen, you know he's straight old school, so uh, he's not putting you out there if you're putting passes on film and getting ran over. So uh, we work on pass blocking drills, but uh, you know it's definitely a, a big transition from like high school to college being taught the technique and uh, really the protections. In college, you don't really do that many protections. In the NFL, we have a million protections uh, based on who we're playing and the looks, and every week it changes. So you have to be real smart and real disciplined with uh, where your eyes are. Naeem, you mentioned uh, dadgummit Rivers. Have you guys tried to bait him into saying, like, fuck or shit, or <laughs> is he just stone cold the whole time? I No, I've never, I've never heard him because, like, I don't even think we baited him, but there have been a lot of guys, like, you know, fights have broken out. Like, last week, people were cussing, and he still was – Dadgumming it and freaking it and all that stuff. He didn't like. I was actually like, I was actually protecting Philip the one play we had last week, and it was like he just still didn't do it. So if a guy's gonna slam him to the ground and he's not gonna do it, I mean, I don't think he's gonna do it. I heard he's a. I heard he's a legend in the locker room with cornhole, and then I guess there's a basketball hoop game. I heard that he got yeah. hot in. He's just always the same human, huh? Yeah, him and Jacoby. Yeah, we don't play against the quarterbacks unless they're split up. Him and Jacoby. I watched them. They're shooting for money. They literally shot like thirty shots in a row, didn't miss free Ooh. throws, threes. They're wow. moving all the corner. They didn't miss. Like when Philip or Jacoby miss, it's like almost a shock. It's like, oh, they missed. So, what is uh, it? So you guys have a basketball hoop in? Is it a little basketball? Is it a big? Like, I was like sometimes uh, it's something we've been doing since Coach uh, Frank got here. Uh, sometimes we'll have like position groups go up, and it's and it's in front of everybody too. Like sometimes you go to the side for money, but like for our team meetings, we go in there, and just sometimes the running backs will go into linebackers, and it's it's real competitive. Like people put money on it, and uh, a lot of bragging rights going on. Sometimes we have trophies, and uh, even cornholes like that. You don't want to get beat in cornhole because it's in the locker room, and everybody can see it. So it's not even you losing; you losing pride, and dignity because you know your friends are going to talk about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and a bucket two here, there, not a big problem, anyways. Naheem, I know that's what is going on there. The cornhole back whenever I was there, by the way, I. Uh, Naeem, man, I hear there's some real players in there. I wish that there was some real players back whenever I was in there. That would have been a lot of fun. I heard there's some real players in that locker room right now. Yeah, well, there's a lot of great players. And look, man, you know your family and a legend. You can always come back. You can always come back and we see what you see how you fit in. Man. I know. I got well, not this work, man. Yeah, not this year because of COVID, but next year like, I will <laughs> get yeah. in there. I will get in there. Let's talk about COVID. Uh, you guys have had two small outbreaks, but they've been contained. And a lot of people uh, would say, well, they shouldn't have anybody that had it. But I think the better way to look at it is the protocols seem to be working because somebody will have it in the social distancing and the mask police and the mask force that's in there. What has it been like to play this year as opposed to the previous two years? Obviously, it's different. But has it gotten to a point where it's like this is the new normal and we're kind of past it? Or is it every day? Is there like a little bit of a nuisance or annoyance with some little BS thing that you have to do? Because... It does take all of us. It takes all of us, Naeem. It takes all of us. You know what I mean? It's a, it, You know what? I'll, I'll say it's becoming the new normal, but uh, every day it's something. Like this morning, I literally got off the car and forgot to get my mask, and I was halfway in the facility. You know how it is in Indy when it's cold. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, it's warm. I sat there and was like, am I going to cover my face today or am I going to go get my mask? And I walked back and got my mask. And uh, even when, like, with uh, we had uh, we had the – 
I don't know exactly what they're called, but they cover your mouth. They cover your mouth for COVID. And if you had your helmet off today, you had to be six feet away from everybody. So uh, I think with us, it just requires a great sense of professionalism. And, uh, you know, we have a great we have, we do a great job of uh, the people like the trainers and even Coach Frank and even Philip today telling people like the protocols and how we can get fined and all that. And I think if we just stay on top of each other and hold each other accountable, I think we can keep the outbreak uh, pretty small. Naheem, how impactful has it been having a couple of other younger guys in the running back room? Like, because I know you guys are obviously, you know, challenging each other for reps, but like, has that made you a lot better being competitive day in and day out? Uh, absolutely. Just, uh, I'm not even going to say just younger guys. Just every every day you got to go out there and compete. Uh, you know, Jordan, Jonathan, and even Marlon for the injury. You got to, when you go, when Coach Rathman or uh, Coach Frank or uh, whoever puts you out there is out there, you have to go out there and execute because there's somebody who is just as willing and just as capable. And it's, you know, running backs aren't like a receiver. There's normally only one one running back out there. So uh, you have to go out there and really earn it. And we, we have a great room. We all coach each other up. We see what we see. And uh, even during some of our runs uh, last week, just uh, we talked about on the sideline, he didn't get that rep. JT was telling them how they were playing. And then we go out there and uh, Jordan goes out there and executes. And that's, that's how it has to be. Uh, when you're not in, you have to see what you see and uh, hear what other people are saying. And then when you go in there, you got to execute. Uh, were you on the team with Frank Gore? I don't remember. Where's was Frank? No, sir. That was the year before. Oh, man. I heard some stories about him, though. Great guy. And uh, he was a dog, I heard. Dog. Hey, absolutely. He was awesome what are some running backs that what's that yeah what are some running backs that you've kind of looked up to or modeled your game after uh you know growing up you know i was born 96 the first the first running back i think i ever saw was probably uh first off reggie bush growing up I remember, i'll never forget the uh, you know the um usc texas game like i remember how upset i was you know watching uh Vince, lindell yeah. white and reggie lose that game i was so upset i was <laughs> i almost cried a little bit <laughs> after that you know i grew up like in a you know chris johnson but uh barry sanders and Barry Sanders and Ward Dunn and uh, Reggie Bush, those are probably my top three. I grew up liking all those guys. And I think in each of those guys, I have a little bit of similarities. Maybe not exactly all of them, but from each of those guys, I think I could pick something off of my game that I'm similar to them in. You're a hell of a football player, man. You really are. Indianapolis has a, like a nice – it's an awesome – I mean, the backfield is, has a lot of great guys in the running backfield. But for you, you've been a – I don't want to say a surprise, but like whenever you get on the field, it always feels like you're making plays. And it's it's been really nice to watch, man. And I'm happy the world's talking about you because of your parkour pass, pal. So <laughs> I appreciate your time today. Stay safe. Make sure you keep that, that damn mask on because – Takes all of us. It takes all of us. All right. Yeah. Hey, 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 here we go. Hey. Yeah, keep, are you an Adidas? Are you an Adidas guy? Yes, I am. You got a mask up though. Definitely, hey. Adidas sent it to me, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> hey, congrats on being an Adidas Let's guy. There's go. not a lot of Adidas guys in the NFL. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> thank you, and also I'm a big fan of the show. So uh, thank you for oh. having me on. Ah, oh, you're the man. Keep killing it. Nine minds. Hey, so sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know if you're gambling anywhere other than. FanDuel Sportsbook, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. You're just not doing it right. Doing it wrong. Best odds, check. Most convenient app, check. Check. Friendliest workers, check. check. Heard one of their competitors was yeah. rigging things. Yeah, maybe doing some shady things. And you know what? That's what the sports gambling business has been for a long time. Mm-hmm. Shady, seedy operations. And that's why FanDuel is the complete opposite of that. We're excited for new people to come in and sports gamble with us. We're excited for people to enjoy the process. We're excited for people to have a horse in a race that they wouldn't normally have. We're excited for couples to get closer around the, the incredible thing of sport. We're excited for people to make a little bit of money off of their big old brains. Absolutely. We're excited for people to Feel the thrill of a late game 
touchdown mm-hmm. that puts a game into an over instead of an under, much like what happened last night. That was hitting, hitting for whatever you bet, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 90, 45, 50, 55, 100, maybe 2,000. Whatever you're betting, whatever is in your price range, that thing hitting at the very end, the the that rush, you don't get to experience a lot. No, you don't. You really don't. It's a fleeting feeling. It's like, uh, I don't know if you're not in the sports world where you get to experience that. I guess like if you have to shit really bad and you're about to poop your pants and you make it to the toilet final second, you poof. Yeah, that would be one as well. That's a rush. Mm-hmm. You can get that rush whenever Kyle Shanahan calls timeout with three seconds left, down 55 points basically, scores a touchdown with Nick Mullins, hits the over immediately. It's like, oh my God, my team, the Packers won, thank God, mm-hmm. and... I just hit for an over bet because the other team played until the final whistle. Love to see it. Those are things that you just... uh, Now, there will be some losses out there, okay? Sure. And you should remember that whenever you're gambling. Like, hey, there's a chance that this money will not be coming back. But make sure that when you bet, you bet the proper amount of money for you. And the proper amount of money, they'll make you feel invested, make you feel awesome. And whenever you listen to Hammer Don, which is a podcast, you'll feel like you're going to be a winner much more often than not. Do you know what your Super Boost is for this weekend yet? Oh, it's a teaser. Is it? Okay. It, right. Hey, it's a two-team teaser. Um, you know, because I hit four in a row. Last week, we didn't hit because Packers lost to the Vikings, mm-hmm. which would have been nice if we saw Thursday night Packers play against the Vikings on Sunday, but the Vikings are a much different team than the 49ers were last night, so right. I won't hold it against Packers or whatever, but I will say today's teaser to get back on the winning side of things, mm-hmm. this weekend's teaser, Super Boost, is pretty tasty. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, it's the Chiefs and the Steelers, seven-point teaser. It's guaranteed, basically. Guaranteed lock. Guaranteed. All these all these ones have been. Last week, we got screwed. Yeah. Okay, Dalvin Cook decided to have the biggest game in the history of football, basically. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correct, I mean, you know, you had him minus a half a point. Raj throws a, you know, 45-yard touchdown there. Packers win by one. You win. Five straight, we give away money. Exactly. But now we have to get back to four or five straight. So this one is a heater. You can only find it at Fandle. The odds are boosted. The money is beautiful. The app is convenient. The people that run it are good people. So you can trust everything you got going on and just enjoy the hell out of the new world of convenient sports gambling. It really uh, is very easy and convenient. It is very easy and convenient. My lady loves it, by the way. She's not a big sports person or big sports gambling person until she found out how awesome FanDuel is. And she calls it playing FanDuel. Shout out to South Dakota, I think. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Maryland, I think. Yep. There's a couple other states yeah, that just voted it through. One or two more. Shout out to Tennessee for getting FanDuel in there. Mm-hmm. And for the states that just passed it, by the way, legal uh, sports gambling, now... The politics behind closed doors go into place for which apps get to be and where. Yep. So Fandle is making every single effort they can to get into your state. Know that. And when we get there, we will celebrate. Mm-hmm. Leaving no stone unturned. You're damn right. If you're not getting with Fandle, you're wrong. We're thankful to be uh, partners with Fandle. And we're thankful for you. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> Heard the boys barking last night in the end zone. Oh, yeah. Marcy Lewis scores a touchdown. 
the boys start barking out there. <laughs> Not a bad celebration if everybody just started barking. Yeah, awesome. Empty stadium, you could hear every single bark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Heard a couple high pitches in there, a couple pit bulls in there. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a good little bark fest. Joining us now is a man who uh, captivates an entire city with every word that he says about sports. Ladies and gentlemen, with a tested IQ of 166, at one point in his career on the radio, any of his callers that called in, if they didn't call him Mr. 11.5 or something like that, which was what his uh, rating was uh, in the radio market in mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, he would hang up on them immediately. Uh, WCW commentating legend Mark Matt. Well, uh, forgive the lighting, forgive my hair, forgive me, period, but I figured the least I could do is come on this program, Pat, since you've surpassed both my wrestling career and my radio career inside of a couple weeks. <laughs> no, no, no. That is, I can never touch your radio career in commentating. I can never do what you did. I know what I'll never be able to touch, which is the 166 IQ rating and also the Mr. 11.5 or something that you had everybody doing there a couple years back. I forget what that number was, but it's gone much higher since then, and I've <laughs> found much better reasons to hang up on people in the interim. <laughs> you, hey, it, like for me, for instance, whenever I go and do uh, wrestling, NXT, I'm a heel, right? Obviously, I'm the bad guy, and I have so much. I enjoy it so much, right? Like I was, I was somebody in Pittsburgh that was hated even when I was a teenager by people because of whatever reason, because I was very loud and all that stuff. So, like, I find great enjoyment in it. But now, you know, I have a happy life. People are fans uh, are like a team of mine. I'm pretty well liked. Is it really that happy, Pat? I see a lot of aggression coming out on NXT every Wednesday. <laughs> I haven't been able to be a dick to people in so long. When you're a punter, it's, you can't talk shit when you're a punter, okay? So my, my shit-talking career ended as soon as I got into, like, college football, basically, because you can't do it. Now I get a chance to talk shit again. It is great to be back. I will say that. What's the deal with that one guy who never talks? What's his name? Pete Dunn? Oh, he talked the other night. He, he said... Um, he talked about how Roderick Strong was a scumbag or whatever, but that's his thing. Is he's kind of like a, uh, you know, he's just a character that not a character, a human. He's laid back. He kind of flatlines the good effect, correct? Yeah. Well, he is. He is a. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think. Yeah, effect. I think that's a good way to describe him. He's a badass individual, though, an absolute badass of a man from uh, Birmingham, I believe, England. I could. Be well, right. Let's be honest. I haven't seen a manager as good as you since Doctor Ken Ramey with the interns back in the old. Uh, Tennessee territory. This is fantastic <laughs> stuff. I love it. What Now, listen, the managing thing is awesome. Paul Heyman obviously does it now. He's like the most famous one, and I think he actually is their agent and manager, like in real life for everybody he does it for, so it's not... Yeah, for Brock, yeah. Yeah, so me talking for... The, I'm having so much fun with it, Mark, but I am, in, I am trying to trying to duplicate how you treat every single caller into your radio show every single day. It's a very easy thing. Not easy thing to do, but is it, I, I see people who are incredible heels throughout my entire life, and you're one of them, Bub. You are maybe the every best Every single heel. caller, Pat. Try every single person. I'm like this on the street, too. <laughs> people watching right now and listening, I'm, I'm above you. I'm condescending. I hope you can you know, sense that, that I think I'm better than all of you, which is kind of stealing from MJF and CM Punk and who knows who before that. But, yeah, it, it's an art form, and it's more fun to be that way because it's easier to be that way. And in sports radio, not many are that way, hence the success for me and now you.
Well, the, I, you and I are nowhere near the same level on radio. You are a you are very unbelievable at radio. I mean, it is it's a work of art, really, to listen to. You. Now, there you're kind of implying you're better at me than wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I'm not, you are. I mean, this NXT stuff's great, but I, I'll tell you what I like to do is talk about wrestling on this show and on my show today, maybe because this Pittsburgh Dallas game. Who cares? I mean, they're, they're trying out gym teachers. Is a quarterback in Dallas. What the frig has happened to that franchise, Pat? Uh, they should bring you and not the punt, but play quarterback. It'd be better than ooh. either of these two jamokes or Ben DiNucci, the guy who got beat out by Kenny Pickett at Pitt. Once he got beat out by Kenny Pickett at Pitt, he should have been declared ineligible to play pro football at any level ever. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, let's talk to you about the Dallas Cowboys. What do you think the problem is with that place? Now, I know you mostly focus on Pittsburgh sports. You're a Pittsburgh guy, but this week playing the Cowboys and living in America, you're forced to hear about the Cowboys. What Do you, do you think there's any chance of that place ever coming back to being what it was? They had locker room leaks getting to the media about the coaches sucking six weeks into a brand new regime. I mean, that place seems like it is just a toxic mess at all times how do you fix it mark you don't uh and it is sad pat because the cowboys and steelers used to be rivals despite almost never playing each other because when they did play it was invariably in a super bowl uh three times to be exact with the steelers winning two but you can't fix the problem because the problem is jerry jones their general manager is an amateur. He's a fan who appointed himself in the GM spot because he owns the team and thus cannot be fired. This team, despite unlimited resources and the biggest stadium in football, has been useless for decades, specifically the decades that Jerry Jones has owned it. Ever since he ran off Jimmy Johnson and then ran off Bill Parcells, it's been a moribund, pathetic franchise. And it won't be fixed because you can't fire the owner. All right, now let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. I have a question for you first. Yeah, buddy, go ahead. This came up on Twitter. Right. You sometimes say, well, 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 to open a segment. Mm -hmm. Is that an homage to me or to Joel Gertner from ECW? <laughs> well, I saw him tweet me, by the way, the ECW guy. I To be completely transparent, I forgot he did it. But you with the well, well, wells, I would say pretty good. Now, granted, whenever I first said it, it sounded like I was like, oh, I'm going to be Mark Madden here. But after saying it, I was like, well, where did that come from? And I'm like, Probably from Double M at one point going, well. See, I, stole, I stole it from Joel. So, so it's a secondhand tribute to him. Just like, do you say yikes because I say it all the time? No, but we do say stooge and sellout. Stooge and sellout is directly because of you. Oh, the stooge media. Yeah, I do say that a lot. There's yeah. a lot of stooge media out there. Because I stole yikes from Scott Hudson, my broadcast partner at WCW. Stooge and sellout which I then labored to pronounce without a Pittsburgh accent. That's all me. Yeah, it is 100% oh, yeah. all you. Oh, it, yeah. is, it started whenever so you were introduced to Ty Schmidt, who's from Iowa, via Nick and myself. We would play you. iHeartRadio, I think. You're on mm -hmm. iHeartRadio out here or whatever. We would play you. And there was one particular run you were going. I forget who you hated for a week. Antonio Brown. It was until you hated Antonio Brown so bad. It, like, not – not like you don't now, but there was a run you were going on for something. And every day you were like, he's a stooge and a sellout. And it was every single day. It was like it became something that every human was called in our office, basically. And he still will be, too, because oh. I think he's either going to ruin Tampa or make Tampa. I don't think there's any middle ground. But my dark horse there is that Evans and Godwin blow it up because they got to be pissed, Pat. Even though they're a better team, they got to be pissed because – 
Oh, look, the New England guys are here to show us how to win. Us idiots don't know how to win. And now Brady and Gronk, they're going to show us how to win. And then Brady's bringing in Antonio Brown, his new roomie. Yeah, uh, Tom Brady having Antonio Brown live at his house, he's going to find out why parents send problem kids to boarding school. (laughs) Because he is going to be all over Tom Brady all the time. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. And Brady will acquiesce. Brady will give in. Just like Ben Roethlisberger did in Pittsburgh, he'll start forcing throws. Now, if the throws get there and A.B. makes the most of them, that's one thing. But what if they don't? What if he doesn't? Oh, you're going to say Mike uh, or Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going to say, excuse me, do we have to move into the house here to start demanding some balls? I'll be intrigued to see how it all plays out. Let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger, though. He's all the way back, new elbow. That defense looks unbelievable. You have been a harsh critic on the Pittsburgh Steelers players and team as an organization. Even you have to admit that this team looks like they're the real deal this year. Oh, I'm a, I'm a Ben fan, big time. He know, was yeah. my neighbor for three years when he started in the league, as I tell people again and again, whether they want to hear the story or not. But uh, I'm, I'm a big Ben supporter for sure. And uh, it, it looks like the real thing, Pat. You're right. Uh, they have had a lot of chances this season to lose games to inferior teams, which has kind of been the trademark that they've done too many times in the recent past. And now they're winning those games. They've beaten three playoff caliber teams in a row. I do think they're the real deal. I think Devin Bush being hurt, though, and having to replace that speed on defense, I don't think that's going to work out too good. They got Avery Williamson, but he's not fast. He's good, but he's not fast. That lack of speed showed up when Baltimore – I don't have the numbers in front of me, Pat, but I think they rushed for 3,007 yards, something like that, (laughs) in that game on Sunday. And uh, they don't have a go-to guy at receiver. And maybe that's good because you spread the ball around, but maybe in a big game – the need for the go-to guy surfaces. But right now, 7-0, and they're going to be 10-0. and They're going to win the next three games. So, yeah, I like the way they look, and I do think they're very legitimate. Uh, can they beat Kansas City? I do not know. Can they beat Baltimore in a playoff game? I do not know. But they are no worse than the third or third best, rather, third best team in the AFC, and I think among the top five in the league. Mark, talking about the speed, can you give Bob Spillane a break? Come on. He's playing as hard out there. He's slow as shit, but he hits like a dump truck. Yeah, he does. Bob Spokane picks six Bob Spokane. The Mac guy, the second team all Mac guy. Give me a good diet and a good trainer. I'm second team all Mac inside of two years. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, he's played okay, and his effort is undeniable, but they need to get Avery Williamson in there. Spillane is a good. A guy who can play X amount of snaps in certain situations. And I think once they they make his play break down the situations and he plays a few less snaps, less will be more and he'll play even better. Hey, the stop on Henry was great. And uh, the pick six this past week was great. But he's just not that guy. And, you know, you know what he is? He's the new duck. I call him Duck Spillane because he's the guy who comes in, plays over his head. Everybody adores him. And sooner or later, the guy he always was shows up. Jeez. Oh, oh, no. Hey, quack, quack, dude. Quack, you need to take it easy quack. on Duck, all right? Duck went out there and threw that ball all around the yard, goddammit. Oh, please. He'll be a gym teacher in six months. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. Duck did not deserve that, okay? Quack, 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 quack. Do you remember what Duck did for America just a few weeks ago? Register to vote. Do you not? Did you not see that video when when Duck Hodges made sure the entire world was registered to vote? 
You didn't see that, Mark? I think there should be an IQ requirement to vote, maybe a football skill level oh, to vote. My. I'm not sure Buck should vote. <laughs> <laughs> what if the presidency of the United States got decided by Duck's vote? How would you guys feel about that? I don't even know what. How do you feel? Okay, here's a question. I want to ask you, because you know you're a deep thinker, very smart man, obviously. Yeah. You, you probably have opinions on a lot of stuff. The COVID thing, okay, that's happening in the NFL. At the I'm be- against it. COVID, us too, by the way. We're very anti-COVID mm-hmm. show. Oh, yeah. They're very anti-COVID <laughs> show. I'm happy to hear you are as well. Uh, we're against breast cancer as well. Mm-hmm. We're big against breast cancer. Everything bad, I'm against. Yeah. Yeah. We are for sure. Okay, anyways, the... Um, you hate, I mean, you hate, what's Juju's little thing? TikTok. You hate the TikTok, but we will get to that in a second. The beginning of the season, Tennessee Titans have like one, two uh, positive t- uh, cases. They shut it down. They work. They end up with 22 cases or whatever. Then the, the, the cases kind of slow, but they still happen, and they don't shut down the facilities anymore. So, like, two people will get it. They'll keep themselves quarantined. They'll continue to do it. At the beginning of the year, they were shutting down the entire facility, and then they were moving forward. Why Why do you think the change in the protocol with what has happened, with whenever a positive case happens, and why is there never a single conversation on whether or not any of these people that get it are going to die or not? It's just like, oh, they'll be back for next week's game. There's no conversation about whether or not the actual effects potentially of a thing. Why is that not even a conversation piece at this point? Mark? Because it's so rare that a young fit athlete is going to have long-term negative repercussions from COVID. Uh, I know there was the one college kid who I guess had an inflamed area around his heart. But there are are so few, if any, beyond that, Pat, of documented examples of COVID affecting an athlete potentially for the long term that uh, I I think they're doing the right thing, not relaxing the protocol, but maybe being more realistic with it. Now, if it turns out all these guys that got it do have long-term effects, that's a shame. Uh, But the option is to not play. And football's too big. The money's too big for football to not play. So I think they've done a relatively good job controlling and containing I got to take Marlon Humphrey to task, though, because he apparently had COVID during the game when Baltimore lost to Pittsburgh this past Sunday, and he covered Juju man on man pretty much the whole contest. And Juju does not have COVID. That's just bad coverage. <laughs> good point. That's, That's good. good point. Have you turned a corner on Juju? Liking Juju, by the way, he played some tough. He's played some tough football here these last couple weeks. Big catches, big runs after the after the catch. He's gaining yardage. You hate him because of his TikTok, but have you turned a corner on his play at all? I don't hate anybody, Pat. I am a kind and gentle person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Uh, Juju had a good game Sunday. I always give credit where it's due, especially in the second half, because he had been blanketed by Humphrey in the first, didn't have any catches, then came through <laughs> with seven. Uh, you know, got some big first downs, had four catches on the game-winning drive. I just think he'd be even better than he is if he relaxed a little bit on the self-promotion and branding and all the social media and maybe put a, put a little more intellect and time into football. I mean, time will tell about that. I, I look at his stats this year. They're not a number one receiver stats. He's not had a 100-yard game receiving yet this year. If Pittsburgh, and let's face it, Pat, the standards here in Pittsburgh, you're from Pittsburgh, Nick's from Pittsburgh, all your friends are from Pittsburgh, the standard drops here every day, every single day. What we used to think was, was terrible now passes for great. What we think 
then was mediocre, now passes for Hall of Fame. So we're more concerned about whether we like somebody, whether we appreciate them on social media as to how they perform. And maybe that's not just in Pittsburgh, but that's what irritates me about Juju. I think it's safe to say that Juju's fans, the marks on TikTok, irritate me more than Juju himself. All right. Well, I think there's a lot of counterpoints I could say to what you said there about... Please do. Please do. Well, it's not just, oh, you're wrong, and let me tell you why. That's a, <laughs> that's a Mark Madden move, which we absolutely love. <laughs> By the way, I went on the WWE The Bump uh, yesterday or two days ago. I forget which it was. Oh, Corey Graves. Yeah, no, Corey Graves not the host of The Bump. It was with a guy named Matthew Gregg and Ryan Paul. He's a Rapopola or something like that. Good people, whatever. They're not really good people. Yeah, good people bad at their jobs. But I want, as soon as I got on the show, they started asking questions. I said, uh, stupid question, dumb idea, you're bad at your jobs. And I've never felt yeah, more see, like... That's the problem with wrestling. Before you defend Juju in, in kind of lame fashion, I'm sure. <laughs> um, the problem with wrestling is people who run wrestling don't want anybody around who's smarter than them who understands the business as well, if not better than them. And honestly, Pat, that's why I've not worked in it in 20 years. <laughs> well, you are the super genius, ladies and gentlemen. Mark okay. I'm not defending Juju. I'm not defending it. Because he's indefensible. I knew you'd come around. <laughs> Get him off. Get him off. Man. Oh, my God. We'll save that for next time, Pat. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. All right, Mark. Oh, my God. What a legend. Growing up in Pittsburgh. That man pissed so many people off. Mm-hmm. It is incredible. Diggs, I think Diggs was a big anti-Mark Madden guy until very recently. Everybody in Pittsburgh knows of the man. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a, a thought on him. And he has just bebopped his way through this life for like 20 years, being the exact, maybe 30 or maybe even longer, the exact same person that you just saw every single day in real life and on radio. He has to have the time of his life at all times. He just has to enjoy the hell out of everything. Yeah, I was against him for a long time because he attacks the Steelers and he doesn't attack the Penguins with the same ferocity that Whoa. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, greatest hockey team of all time. I mean, there's one back-to-back cups like two years ago. Yeah, so sorry about that. It is truly incredible. He can just walk into an interview and drop nuclear bombs all over the place and then just eggs it out. And by the way, he does that on his own show. People come on to his show like, yeah, I can't wait to come on the show. He just boom, and then they get off. If you remember correctly, Connor actually called into his show. I did. I did. nuked right off the airwaves. Yeah. What did you? I forget. Because it had something to do with Brady, I think. Right? I called into a show. Listen. And this is probably not great serious radio for the international listeners or anything like that because his show is literally only available in Pittsburgh. And it's, <laughs> it's a shame that it's only available in Pittsburgh because you, the calling into that thing, and I, I don't know if people feel that when they call into our show, but whenever you call into a show, and it's been this way for my entire life basically in Pittsburgh, when you call into that show, there's a 99.996% chance. Oh, wow. 99.9996% chance Hi. that he is going to bury you. Like, he, <laughs> he is going to, whatever you say is wrong. He, I've heard him say some ridiculously savage things to people. And I was always like, man, hey, these people still call in, though. That's why whenever, you know, somebody calls into this show, uh, I try to be as nice as possible, yeah. you know, try to have a mm-hmm. conversation. But whenever I'm mean to somebody uh, or tell somebody, like, get, uh, like, not mean, but you get it. Like, yeah. hey, this stinks. Like, this is a bad phone call. I always feel bad. But then I think back to Mark, I'm like, People have been calling him for 20 years, and he's just been telling them to go fuck themselves <laughs> in a roundabout fashion with everything they say. Somebody will call in and, and have a pretty valid point, and he'll go, ah, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and let me tell you why. <laughs> he'll spend five minutes just dissecting everything they said and then kicks them off the air. Mm-hmm. It is 
electric. It's awesome. I wish I could have heard it. Is there any chance you could maybe recite one on uh, Caller Now? Or? No. Well, geez, yeah. I don't, that's not my thing. I don't want to do that. We do have to go through the, uh, we have to go through Zito's big ass poll. Oh, right? yeah. It is massive. At Viva La Zito, uh, if you want to vote on this poll, please remember to register to vote on the poll v- at Viva La Zito. Zito, what is your poll and how is it going right now? Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, who's the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Since uh, next hour we might have somebody on. What? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, you want to do that right now? No, I don't know. No, no, no. Is Aaron Rodgers calling in an hour or two here? What? I think he is. What? Really? Since when? Aaron Rodgers on the show today? What? I believe so. It's Friday! Aaron Rodgers coming on the show today? I, so. Friday? I know it's Friday, but I think Raj is coming on the show today. Oh, damn. oh, oh yeah! Did Zito break that news? He did. Zito yes, kind of broke that news. In the meat sweatsuit that Zito broke the news oh, in, yeah. you could potentially win if you eat at Arby's and use hashtag Arby's is great. That's all you got to do. Wow. Easy as that. It'll be autographed by all of us. Anyway, Zito, what's your poll? Thanks for breaking some news. Oh, right time, yeah. Hey, you're showing the, the diversification of your skill set here. Mm-hmm. Newsbreaker, poll giver, voice of the internet, model. I mean, Ooh, Zito is taking over everything right now. <laughs> uh, who's the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Uh, we put an option for other 5.6. A lot of names on there. I saw Mitch Trubisky a lot on there, but who cares? I think his uh, career's over, isn't it? Yeah, his career's yeah, he's over. done. No, we can't say oh, He's undefeated, though. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 28.7%. Yes, Russell Wilson, 30.1%. Aaron Rodgers, 35.6%. I mean, that's a tight race. It's so crazy because Russell Wilson's fans are going to wake up and come into this poll. I mean, oh, yeah, that is yeah. something they are going to do. Oh, yeah. And even... Last night, whenever I was tweeting about how good Aaron Rodgers was doing, I had a lot of Seahawks fans coming in there with Russell Wilson gifts or whatever mm-hmm. for the MVP thing. And I, I can respect that. I wish one day that we can have those types of fans, you know, people that love Russell Wilson like that. And I know Russell Wilson has never gotten an MVP vote, and I think that is malarkey. It okay? is malarkey. I think it's absolute malarkey for how he's played football. But I just want to let you know, like, hey, got some bad news for you, pal. Like, mm. There's a guy playing football better than he's ever played football before, and it is just – I don't think it's going to slow down. I think it's only going to pick back up. Remember, he just learned this offensive system that he's in. Just what he, It's his second year in the system. They're getting players back healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got uh, – I mean, it's going to be tough. Russell Wilson, listen, great football player, incredible football player, very good at baseball too. Oh. Everything – Halloween, great at Halloween. Stunned. Like Russell Wilson, great. But Aaron Rodgers is playing so damn good. And remember, at the beginning of the season, it was Bill's Mafia telling us that Josh Allen was playing better than Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, and it's very cool. And now it's obviously a two-headed race, though, for the MVP, though. It's Aaron and Russ right now. And we're eight weeks into this thing. What same- about Tom, though? Oh, and Tom, Tom's you were talking about up. Tom last week. He throws five touchdowns on Sunday. And it could happen because, you know, the Buccaneers weren't even in the playoffs last year. If they get right in the Super Bowl, what's the big difference here? Is it the same coaching staff? Yeah. Uh, is it Gronkowski? Maybe. Maybe. Is it Antonio Brown? Maybe. Maybe. Or is it that TB12 guy that is the reason why everybody's here and we're winning games? Yeah. That's kind of the MVP, I would assume. The most valuable person. That feels like that's what it would revolve around. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, if you go by that logic, you take Rodgers out of the starting lineup in Green Bay. They stink. Well, they probably don't have a win. Probably. No, no. With MVS, they'd be okay. <laughs> well, and Aaron Boy, Jones is uh, unreal. Probably. Are you okay, Connor? Because what? we're talking about taking uh, Tom no, out no, of the no, 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 no. I'm fine. I don't know. PTSD at all from uh, this. What are you going to say, Diggs? The uh, Fandal does have it as a three, three-headed race as well. Russ Wilson is minus 150. Patrick Mahomes is plus 460. And then Rodgers is plus 500. Oh, good odds Still, on that right now. I, I, think, I believe he is only going to play better and better. Last night he was just throwing darts, dude. Before the season, too, he was like plus 2,300. Uh, at NFL Research, which is a department in the NFL, just 
building, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder how many people are in the NFL research department. Probably a I lot. I would imagine a lot. Yeah. Is that an entire floor over there? I think park? it's just one guy. It's the guy that, uh, it's, I think it's just Stump the Schwab. Oh, uh, well, I was about to say, pretty sexist there saying it was a guy, because yeah. tell you what, probably a lot of ladies in the NFL research, too, Diggs. I, well, uh, hey, you for, that part of the brain got stolen out of the car this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, 24 touchdowns, two interceptions, has become the second player in history to throw 24-plus touchdowns and two or fewer interceptions in his team's first eight games of a season. He joins Tom Brady, who had 30 touchdowns and two interceptions, who did so with the 16-0 Patriots in 2007 when he became the first quarterback with 50-plus pass touchdowns in a Season that was when they had Randy Moss, I do mm-hmm. believe. Oh, which would be CL just woke up. Is the yeah, is he making a surge right now? Russell Wilson, oh, the Maryland College. Yes. <laughs> Here they come. Well, doing meth all the time now. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Meth got decriminalized in Seattle, I'm pretty sure. So they're just waking up. From oh, the, I think it's Oregon. I'm not 100 <laughs> sure. Washington, same thing. Yeah, well, oh, similar Pacific Northwest <laughs> uh-huh. up there, but I do believe Oregon said, like, yeah, meth's cool, everything else is cool. Do whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll be excited to see how that. How that pans out. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. You know, like, psychedelics got legalized in Vegas or Nevada, right, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. I think, or Colorado, a couple years ago. And then they just got legalized in another state this year. Oregon. 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 No, I thought somewhere else, too. Mushrooms were legal, and then they decriminalized meth and everything else. Yeah, but I think there's another there place one that... One more. That, that, I don't know, maybe Maryland or Jersey. Somebody... Jersey legalized weed, weed, but somebody else did psychedelics. What? What is... Like, psychedelics have... Like, I think there's actual scientific research on your brain, yeah. and, and, like, uh, there's things that psychedelics can, can do to help with mental health and yeah. things like that. The meth one, what is the, what is the <laughs> reasoning behind? Because I, I want to let you know, as somebody who has um, both known people that potentially got run into meth and lived now in West Virginia, Indiana, and in Pittsburgh where meth is, I don't know if that's something that we should be, like, promoting out there. You got people blowing things up like houses get blown up oh, because yeah. i mean like, those are bombs and shit it's not just like or unless they, that's why they want to get rid of it like hey come to our meth store so you don't blow up your house like i don't know how that gets okay but hey i'm sure there's a reason for it i'm sure there's a reason for it heroin meth and cocaine oregon did so <laughs> economy is gonna boom up there is it meth is <laughs> that is not where Very cheap I don't think that, that's actually not this feels like a bad idea. It's yeah, probably bad. If I'm but not, we don't know. If I'm not mistaken, it's still illegal to use, right? But they just, if you get, like, pulled over or whatever and you have something on you, you just pay a fine. You don't yeah, immediately go correct. to jail. Okay. It's not a felony. Because you do watch live PD, and live PD is just like, uh, you're on drugs, you've got drugs in your car, mm-hmm. you're going to jail. Like, that is just kind of like a, yeah. a scoop-up thing. So I assume, get I assume Oregon was like... Uh, we we don't need to be picking a bunch of people up. We got Stay a lot of house. stuff to deal with. Stay in your house. Wild world, man. 2020 is crazy time. It is. Truly. Who's winning our polls, Zito? What's going on in your poll right now? You said Russell Wilson made a big surge. Yeah, so Russell, basically, Patrick Mahomes at 38, 30.8%. Aaron Rodgers is now at 30.2%. I did that wrong ways. Russell Wilson, 33.6%. So I, I got a little confused with the decimals. Yeah, so it, seem, it seems like uh, Russell Wilson has taken a lead here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It's a narrow race. It is a very tight race. 
I'm waiting for Green Bay to wake up now. Yeah, we the wake-up ballots. We need Gardaki to see where the votes are coming in. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's not Chris Gardaki, okay? Have, have a little respect for oh, Steve Kornacki. Come, Come on, Tony. Dude. There was a Kornacki cam, I guess, a bunch of people tweeted to me yesterday. Oh, yeah. He's still going, I guess. He's oh, the he best. did the – there were ballots coming in, and he did the live math of, like, how it would change and fucking nailed it right on the really? yeah. How many does – how many – It was, like, 23,704 yeah. votes or something like that, and he just fucking nailed it. He's like, yep, got it. Yep, uh, okay. Yep, math is right. It was, it was incredible. <laughs> it was like per hour votes that get counted and then including the mail-ins. It, it was incredible. Has anybody ever been on a heater like Steve Kornacki right no, now? No, He hasn't not. sat in 14 hours. Well, and by the way, yeah, if he sits down and he falls asleep, the um, Diggs, who was a John King guy, uh, election night, stuck with John King. Mm -hmm. He has since oh, yeah. learned about Kornacki. He's the king of all kings. He, he, is, <laughs> he is. He is. I don't know how to say this to the, the fans of Bill Hemmer or, or, or John King, but there's a new gun in town. Yeah. And he's a wizard on that goddamn map. <laughs> we have Gumpy in here to potentially go through some nukes that Ooh. we should think about going into this weekend's games. First of all, let's put up the sidebar, can we please? Yeah! Okay, uh, with this sidebar, here's the first game. Uh, Gumpy, it's Saints, obviously. Um, Zito. What happened? You say Saints march over to New Orleans. Uh, the Saints are from New Orleans. They will be marching over to Tampa, actually, oh. to take on old Tom Brady. I believe last hour you gave a pretty massive nuke in a stat piece this for gambling. What are your thoughts? What should we know about that big Sunday night football matchup going into the weekend? Saints one and five against the spread since that week one win. Okay. Like I said, Tom Brady, when he loses a division rival, seven and zero straight up and against the spread. Oh man. Since the week one loss, the Bucks highest point differential in the NFL at plus ninety three. So what you're saying is this feels like a very easy win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's Tommy time, baby. It does feel like it's Tommy time, doesn't it? And Antonio Brown's back. Mm. Prime time game. I feel like this is gonna be but this is going to be a big-ass game. Andrew Brees has set out, what, the last two days of practice? They're saying it's maybe for this is just routine scheduling or whatever. Timing quarterbacks missing practice. That's very interesting. Does that mean later down on uh, the road in the season he's not going to be able to still throw balls? Oh. I'm not 100% sure I feel about any of it, but this does feel like a Tampa Bay Gronkineer moment uh, coming on Sunday night. Godwin healthy as well. He's going too on Sunday. He is because I thought I just saw a tweet that said he was not going. No, yeah, he's oh. going. And let's remember, Brady and Brees are in this uh, all-time passing touchdown, back and forth, and Brady's mm. not going to And Tom Brady, Brady knows that, by the yeah. way. Uh, Tone Diggs, what do you think? But if, if Drew, for some reason, we don't see this happening, but if he did have to sit out and Jameis has to play a revenge game against the Bucks, you automatically take Jameis, though, right? Uh, uh, not uh -oh. me, but I would I would definitely take it off of the board, you know? <laughs> Lacey Jameis? Because I think there's – I know. This is the first time Jameis has ever been able to potentially see a football or his teammates because he got LASIK this past offseason after throwing 30 interceptions, but also leading the NFL in pass yards. So you take for that, that for what it is. But um, the thing about revenge games, which I love – Antonio Brown has a revenge game here, buddy. True. Mm -hmm. We talked about it last hour. Antonio Brown got home from the N.O. Sean Payton asking what the deal, deal, though. You know? Sean Payton and the Saints brought him in for a workout. They didn't sign him. They were actually a part of a rap song that is a heater from Antonio Brown. Does Antonio Brown potentially feel jaded, not only against the Saints, but everybody that didn't sign him for all this time? I assume he's going to have a big game. I would take jaded Antonio Brown over Jameis Winston coming back into a game against Tampa hmm. Bay. Uh, I think 10 times out of 10. What's that, Nick? They also asked Antonio not to bring a documentary crew, and he brought every person he yeah. could find in the Tri-State area yeah. with a camera. <laughs> 
right. So <laughs> Besides that, the point, Nick. That is, <laughs> that is also a fact in that whole story. That was like before the workout. We knew. Antonio going into that workout, we knew that the, the standard was set from one of the insiders that was like, Antonio Brown has been asked to come alone to this workout or whatever. <laughs> and then the day of the workout, we see footage of him walking in the building. It's like, well, is he shooting at himself or is that somebody else? But hey, listen, Antonio Brown... Obviously, hopefully that documentary will be able to be a story that people will be able to learn from years down the road, like whether he he got his mental health figured out throughout that entire process and everything like that. But it was rather interesting that we knew that he was asked to come alone and he clearly did not. (laughs) Listen, manufactured or real, the chip is on his shoulder. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Remember, Michael Jordan lied about the goddamn Utah Jazz going into a restaurant and pooping in his plate or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. never even happened. Uh, Also this weekend, another massive game. Ravens and the Colts. We'll talk to Naheem Mines here in about 17 minutes. He'll probably have a rather large game if I had to guess. How do you feel about this game, Gumpy? Do you have any nukes or stats for this one, or is this a game that you'll stay away from? The Colts fall into that plus two and a half or less dog this year, 18 and four against the spread. (laughs) And here's a fact for you. Okay. The Ravens have never won in Indianapolis. What? Just in the history of anything? Since 1996, since they moved. Stole a team. Well, that's Whoa. when Cleveland moved to Baltimore. The team from Baltimore moved to Indy in 87 or 86 or something like that, 89. Yeah. Oh, Mayflower. It was the Mayflower. Oh, yeah. The Nina, the Pinta, the, the Santa, Santa Maria. Maria. Mr. Ursay loaded them up in left Baltimore <laughs> and went over to Indianapolis overnight. <laughs> With sangria. Uh, <laughs> I do believe there was potentially sangria involved in that particular decision, and Baltimore was not happy. That's tough that that has happened. I didn't know that. Uh, I don't, that particular stat means nothing to me because, you know, like the teams that could have been playing, when was the last time they played in Indianapolis? I wonder. That's a little follow up there. When was the last time they played in Indy? 2016, I believe. I could be wrong with that. That's pre Lamar, right? So that's a very different football team. That's mm-hmm. Joe Flacco's squad. I, I, that, and I think I was there probably for that game. 2016, I think I played that season. Congrats. You guys hey, won. Hey, we won. Yeah, you crushed it. Yeah, nice job. Huge game. Oh, I think I. Uh, it might have been a preseason game. I don't know. I celebrated a punt, put it out. It was a coffin corner, I think. It was, just, it was a game that didn't matter, and I did it. 2014, you were definitely there. Yeah, yeah. We won? What was the score? Uh, 20 to 13. Nice. Close Big game. Yeah. Position Close game. game. Yeah, it was. Nice. Yeah, me and Sam Cook went head to head. He's one of the greats. You know, he had to do what he had to do. Mm-hmm. Punt of the decade. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a long time ago. So, yeah, different team. I don't Great. Uh, Colts defense haven't faced a top 10 offense this year either. The right. Ravens are eighth. All right. Uh-oh. So you're saying we hammer Tampa and then we hammer the Colts. Yeah. That's what you're feeling. You're feeling pretty good about that? Dogs are barking, my friend. <laughs> well, you have more of these at 3.30 at, uh, on Hammer Don? Of course. Okay. Hammer Don at YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee Show or Hammer Don on any podcast streaming uh, service. There, It is everywhere. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm one of the co-hosts. Yeah. So. <laughs> I like the show a lot. I was the pinky ring wearer of that show for eight weeks straight. In this past weekend, I was beat by Michael Lombardi, so I will have to take this pinky ring off. Come on. No, 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 not yet. Hey, there's no shame in in that. Guy's a a wealth of football knowledge. Yeah, he's awesome. It's like a football 101 show, plus a gambling show. Mm -hmm. Makes me a lot of money. Makes me a lot of money. Makes a lot of our listeners a lot of money. Spend it on Arby's. The only... Bingo. I love Arby's. (laughs) Thank you so much for choosing to listen this week. Remember... We are on the precipice of the greatest weekend of all time. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hashtag I don't know why I listened. Pat. Uh, hashtag Arby's is great. 
Gamble with Fandle. From all of us to all you, you're the greatest humans of all time. Thank you for rocking with us week in and week out. We'll be back with another episode Monday afternoon. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, be a friend. Tell a friend the Pat McAfee Show 2.0 isn't that bad. And if you didn't like the show, just act like it never happened. Ain't that right, Ty? Yep, that's right. Yep, play some independent music, Ty, and send these people into the greatest weekend of their entire lives. We'll see you Monday. Cheers. Thank you.